so today I am supposed to start the service off with the message, which is really odd for me. Um, but uh, we're going to have some fun today. So if I could get you to close your eyes and bow your heads this morning. Father, we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for what you're about to do in this place. We pray right now, Father, that your dear, sweet Holy Spirit will use my mind to think in and my mouth to speak from. That same spirit should work in all of those who are under the sound of my voice today. Father, bless us with something. Bless us that we get to know you better. Move me out of the way right now, Father, that your perfect message can now go forward. We thank you ahead of time for the victory we're about to experience because of the power that is in your word. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say it. You know, we've been talking about Jesus, the perfect plan. The perfect plan. And we know the word plan means intentional strategies to achieve a goal. Intentional strategies to achieve a goal. We do now understand that it was only love that held Jesus on the cross. It couldn't have been a lack of power. It couldn't have been any of those things. It could only be love that held him on the cross. Because as my grandmama used to say so eloquently, he could have called 10,000 angels. Which means that it wasn't power. It wasn't fear. It was love. Why? Because he was part of an intentional plan to save you and I. To make sure that we had an avenue to be reconciled to God. So last week we covered that in Genesis, the plan began. The second that Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, God's original plan, he would not forsake. His original plan is that we would have an intimate relationship with him as mankind to God. And he was not going to let that plan go. So the second it was disturbed by sin, he immediately instituted a plan that would fulfill itself through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that would restore us to him. Now, the most important part about this thing is realizing that you've been reconciled. I said the most important part is realizing that you've actually been reconciled. Not because of what you have done, but because of what God has done through his love to restore us to him. Now, your sins are forgiven. You become a brand new person. When you accept Jesus Christ, you become a brand new creation. Thus old things are passed away. Thus all things become new. You become a brand new person. Again, God moves you from the lineage of Adam which constitutes sin, when you accept Jesus Christ, you are born again. You move out of the lineage of Adam into as a descendant or the lineage of Jesus Christ. So born again is, is instantaneous in the fact that you say it, but it is eternal in the fact that that's how long it's going to last. See, nobody argued with us to convince us that we were born in sin. Nobody. We all knew it. We all understood it. But when we are born again into this grace, we got to be convinced. But this is God's plan. His plan is that we would be restored, but not just restored, but know that you are restored, which means you'll change how you live your life. See, free people do free people stuff. Does that make sense to you? 
Free people don't go lock themselves up in prisons. You know, prisons of guilt, prisons of low self-esteem, prisons of, 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 of those kinds of things. We don't do that. Free people walk past the prison. No, I don't think y'all understand me this morning. Free people do free people stuff. So when you accepted Jesus Christ, what you owed God, the debt you owed God, Jesus paid. Therefore, he set you free. I say, well, Pastor Ben, why do I feel so bad? You feel bad because you're trying to be led by your feelings instead of the truth. Feelings are pretty dumb. Feelings don't know what day of the week it is. But truth is absolute. So don't go by your feelings. Go by the truth. So let's just go to a verse because I'm not going to take a lot of time today. Plan intentional strategies to achieve a goal. Peter had a, gra- a wonderful grasp on what Jesus came to do. He understood God's plan and he wanted to share it with some people in Jerusalem. We'll pick it up here in Acts chapter 2 and I'll be reading from the NIV. Y'all ready to have some fun this morning? Again, I don't believe you. Are you ready to have some fun this morning? That sounds a heck of a lot better. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Listen to what Peter says. He says, fellow Israelites, listen to me. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. Again, God did not want Jesus to be misidentified. He wanted the world to know that his son was different than everyone else. So what he did is he made sure that Jesus could perform miracles, wonders, and signs different from anybody else. That people would undeniably be able to see that man is different. He is different. Why did he do that? Because Jesus is who we needed and he wanted to make sure that we could see him and be directed right to him. Is y'all still here this morning? You know, the funny part is, guess what? We still need Jesus, don't we? So there's still miracles, wonders, and signs going on. You got miracles, wonders, and signs in your own personal lives. Some of you have escaped the grafts of death. Some of you were laying in the hospital bed and they said it was over, it was done, you weren't going to be able to make it, but you're sitting here today, healthy, strong. Some of you were in trouble. Your marriages were in trouble. Your relationships were in trouble. Your children had lost their minds. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? But God has brought you through. So miracles, wonders, and signs are still happening today. I need you to know that. See, we'll overlook something for something crazy, but you'll forget to know you in your very life. The fact that you're sitting there breathing can be a miracle in itself. Y'all still with me this morning? Are you sure? So it says, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. God's deliberate deliberate plan and foreknowledge. Jesus was handed over. See, I love this part of the story. Because there were people who thought they were ending a ministry. There were people who thought they were getting rid of a a rabble rouser. 
There were people who thought they were getting rid of somebody who was causing them a disturbance and taking away their power and importance. There were people who were angry at Jesus and they had a plan. The problem was they didn't know that God is the best at planning. So they instituted a plan to rid the earth of Jesus. I want to get rid of him. We're going to plan to get rid of him. We're going to trap him in a lie. We're going to trap him in something and we're going to get rid of him. But they didn't know as they planned, God already had a plan. And he sent Jesus to fulfill that plan. So here are these detractors, these angry people who are now going to be part of God's plan and don't even know it. They think when they nail him to the cross, they are ridding the earth of a troublemaker. They didn't understand that they had just unleashed the full, forgiving, anointed power of God to restore us to him it still blows my mind today how about you because see that day as he was on the cross there were soldiers at the foot of the cross they're at the foot of the cross of one of the most magnificent events in all time but they're ignorant of who's on the cross. They're going to gamble for his clothes. So they're in the area. They're in the proximity of where Jesus is. They're right there. Nobody could be closer. The disciples couldn't be closer. His mama couldn't be closer. Those soldiers are right there. But they don't know who's on the cross. They have no understanding of who it is that is dying for them. I need you to know today, it doesn't mean much that you sit in these chairs if you don't know who died for you. It don't mean much if you know everything about your denomination, but you don't know who died for you. It don't mean much if you know all the political advantages and disadvantages and all of that kind of stuff, but you don't know who died for you. You would be the same as the soldier at the bottom of the cross, gambling for Jesus' clothes. I need you to know God had a plan. That plan was to save you. That plan was to restore you to him. Why? Because he loves you. You need to get this today because sometimes we keep thinking that this is haphazard, that this is some kind of fluke. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to tell you today what's going to happen tomorrow. Jesus is going to come back one day and we win. Don't ask me when because the Bible said no man would know the day or the time. But hear me. When he does come back, because you have accepted him and because you live out your life in this faith, you'll be there. I said you'll be there. Because you will live now for eternity. Why? Because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Is this making sense to anybody this morning? Again, this is a plan. Oh, isn't it good to know that God can plan better than us? 
I said, isn't it good to know that God can plan better than us? I don't know about you. I had to drive to this. I have a hard time saying the name of this city. I don't know why y'all named it this anyway. Kiss, kiss in me or something. I don't, I don't get that, man. Just somebody just threw a bunch of letters in a room, you know, and said, yeah, we'll call the city this. Kissim, okay, that place. I had to drive up there, right? And I had a plan because I have this GPS in my car and the GPS is a plan to drive me there and get me to the destination. Well, the GPS got confused because they don't, anybody know about the work on I-4? Listen, if you want your son to get a job and be able to retire, tell him to go to work for whoever's doing that work on I-4 because they'll be there for the next 60 years doing whatever they're doing. But my GPS gets confused. So I had a plan on being at this particular city at a certain time to meet some people, but that was my plan. The highway, because of all of its crazy exits, I, I get up and then the GPS says, turn left. I'd already passed the left-hand turn. <laughs> Make a long story short, you can have a plan, but God is the best of planners. So I'm kind of upset, worried that the people that I'm supposed to meet are going to be upset and angry. But guess what? God had them on the other end of I-4 and they got messed up. So we ended up meeting at the same time anyway, because God had a plan. I need you to get this because... I'm not going to take a lot of your time today because we're going to have a wonderful service. But I, I just need you to get it. It says, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death, put Jesus to death, nailing by nailing him to the cross. Now, we know that the cross, the emblem of a cross, and people can argue he was, you know, on a stake or a tree or, man, you can argue all that you want. But the symbol of the cross means that everything this way he paid for from the beginning of time when Jesus died on the cross, all the sins happened before he died on that cross, he paid for on that day. All the sins that will ever happen again from now to the end of time, he already paid for. Do you understand? That's why the cross looks like it does. We should understand, again, God's plan was to restore us and nothing can change that. So the people who died before they had a sacrifice or a Messiah or a Savior... God retroactively cleansed them. For those of us who live right now, he's cleansed our sins on the day that we accepted him and we are clean forever. Why did he cleanse you? So you could be free to serve the living God. I say so you could be free to serve the living God. So as I close this message, I need you to know something. Part of the plan is for those of you who are sitting here who think that you're a second-class Christian, who think that you've done something that God cannot forgive. If you think you've done something that has separated you from God and there are other Christians closer to God than you, I need you to know something today. That's a lie straight from H-E double hockey sticks. You know what's important today? is that you know you have been freed to serve him. That you can stand up on your feet wherever you go, no matter what your sins had been in the past, no matter what was going on, you could stand up and serve him. How do we know this is true? There was a lady 
who went to the well in the noonday. She went to the well in the noonday because she wanted to avoid all the people who knew her business. All the people who talked about her, (laughs) who made her feel low and less. Oh, they knew that she had been with other men. They knew the man she with wasn't her husband. They knew all of that stuff about her and they would never relent. They would always remind her of who she was. So to avoid that chatter, she would go to the well at noonday. Knowing that nobody goes to the well at noonday because it's too hot. You go early in the morning, but she knew those other people, those other sometimes wicked people. People would be at the well and sometimes they would forget they went there for water. They would think that they went there to talk about her. But she met somebody at the well that day. She met Jesus. And he blessed her that the same people that accused her talked about her. She turned around and left the well and went back to the city to talk to them about Jesus. I need you, brothers and sisters. The body of Christ needs you. I've said this before. I'll say it again. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. I need you to get this. We are the body of Christ. You don't belong to you anymore. You are the body of Christ. We are the only entity that God speaks into the world. Those miracles, signs, and wonders, those things come through us now into the world. You now become the light of the world. But here's what needs to happen. When the world seems dark, when the world seems confused, when the world seems out of control, you can't look at the world because that's not your body. You are the body of Christ. You have to look at Jesus and then have him speak to you and stand where other people stumble. Why? Because we are the only ones who can chase the darkness away. I don't think y'all hear me this morning. We are the only ones who can chase the darkness away. This is his plan that in this earth, he would always be present. Our father with art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he is represented in the earth through us. So you're no longer crippled. You no longer are a second class citizen. You no longer anything. You are a child of God. And I need you to rise up in this day and time because we got a battle to fight and we will win. But he's got to speak to you. How's he going to speak? He's got to speak love through you. He's got to speak acceptance through you. He's got to speak truth through you. Are you ready? Are you ready? (laughs) 
Well, come on and get on board because we got a wonderful ride ahead. We are the light that must shine in the darkness. Close your eyes, please. Father, we thank you for there's no one like you. What an incredible plan. What an incredible set of strategies that we still don't even completely understand that you unfolded for us to restore us to you. And then you inputted into us your Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit would then dwell in us as your representatives in the earth. So just as Jesus was the light that came into darkness, the light is now in us. And that same light shall shine in the darkness. No matter how dark it seems, we are the light. Brothers and sisters, amen.